Welcome back, baseball fans, to another exciting edition of On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. I'm your host, Greg. I'm joined, as always, by Jeff and Dom. What's going on, guys? Hey, how we doing? Doing this, good. Well, this episode is going to be our all-star game episode and our home run derby episode. We're going to go through all of that, home run derby, winners, losers, do the all-star game, notable first-timers, who got snubbed, and kind of their rough, you know, synopsis of what went on we're going to talk about trade deadline uh who's most likely to get traded by the august 1st deadline and then who should be traded but won't be uh and then we're going to kind of finish it off with the uh what team can turn it around uh you know second half of the season possibly a playoff run we'll do our standings rundown and then we'll finish it off with the one fact about baseball uh, try to stump each other something to you know, give you guys some knowledge that you guys so to begin this episode, we're going to talk about the home run derby. So in this year's home run derby, uh, you know, I'd actually don't know how many home run derbies have they had because I know this is the ninety third All Star game. So when did they start the home run derby? That'd be a question to ask. Good question. I don't know if I know when they started. Yeah, yeah I don't know exactly. But anyways, in this <laughs> home run derby, you had a two time home run derby champ, the son of a home run derby champ a hometown hero, an MVP, and a native Northwestern, uh, and a trio of Cuban countrymen launching themselves into this majestic night of, of dingers into, uh, you know, the outfield and above. So we're going to go with um, round by round and we'll get a little bit of what they guys the guys thought with these rounds. So the first round... Uh, Luis Robert Jr. defeated Audley, uh, Audley Rushman. Um, Roberts had, what is it, 28 home runs. Uh, his longest home run is 470 feet. Rushman had 27 first-round homers, and his longest is 445 feet. So, guys, what did you think of this matchup? Jeff, I'll start with you. Yeah, I really liked the matchup. Uh, I kind of didn't think Adley really had a dog in this fight, but – you know, he came out strong, and when he came back out for his extra time, twitch hitting, I mean, that was just electric. I mean, that that was so cool to see him hit it from the other side of the plate, and he hit everyone he saw out, had his dad pitching for him, and then Luis Roberts like, yeah, no, I'm going to ruin your day, actually. Yeah, that was a pretty special moment, having his dad pitch out for him. And like you said, when he when he switched hit, I, uh, uh, I said some expletives out loud, um, when he did that, I thought that that was an amazing thing. What about you, Dom? What did you think of this matchup? I thought it was good. Um, I feel like a lot of the matchups were, were pretty entertaining, and this one probably was the most entertaining out of all of them. Um, obviously, switch hitting in a home run derby, that takes some balls to do. I feel like he should have just got a free pass to the next round just for trying it, but it was good. All right. Well, the next matchup to me, I think, was the the free pass that that I I, I noticed. But the next matchup was Vlad uh, Guerrero Jr. Uh, defeated Mookie Betts. Um, so Guerrero Jr. hit 26 home runs in that first round, his longest being 456, and Betts hit only hit 11, with his longest being 427. So Dom, I'll start with you on this one. What did you think of that matchup? You feel like it would have been it would have been better if. Honestly, Mookie Betts wasn't in the home run derby. He doesn't. He, he's not. Um, he's more of like an all-around hitter. He's not really a traditional power hitter. Um, 
I feel like Vladdy definitely had uh, a major advantage going into that matchup. Uh, if if Betts would have upset him, uh, that probably would have been the surprise of the entire home run derby. Matt, what about you, Jeff? Yeah, I think we all kind of knew how that one was going to go. I mean, Mookie even admitted he's only even joined it just because his wife wanted him to be there. And I thought it was funny during his break when they're talking to him. And he was like, well, so what do you think you need to do? And they're all the other guys were like, you just need to hit it out. You just got to hit it far, far, try to hit the T-Mobile sign. He's like, I don't know how to do that, you guys. <laughs> like, how do you do that? Yeah, that's pretty entertaining with all the the uh, extra guys on the side kind of doing interviews for each other. I thought that was pretty <laughs> special. So, all right, moving on to the next matchup. You had Randy Rosarena and Araldis Garcia. Uh, Rosarena hit 24 first-round home runs, and his longest was 442 feet. And Garcia only had 17, and his longest is 438. So, Jeff, I'll start with you on this. What do you think of this matchup? I really like a matchup, you know, the former St. Louis guys, you know, they used to be roommates, they said, uh, going at each other. It definitely didn't help that Adolis, you know, had to deal with Tony Beasley, who apparently turned into prime Nolan Ryan and <laughs> just couldn't throw in the ball. Everything was off the plate. You saw him yelling and getting frustrated. You know, he's like, throw the ball in, up, up. <laughs> he just kept throwing it down away. So I feel like part of it was this pitcher there, but. Is entertaining. Obviously, Randy, he's going to bring a crowd starting out there with his boots. And obviously, he had his time in the baseball classic as well. So it was pretty entertaining, those two. What about you, Dom? I thought it was entertaining. I think it's always nice to see like players' personality kind of come through, especially in events like this. Um, I thought that made it entertaining. Other than that, I, I don't think like the like actual round itself was really anything to kind of write home about, but I, I think the players' personalities was uh, pretty entertaining. Okay, all right. Moving on to that final. I think the craziest thing with those two guys, though, like we see how bad the Cardinals are right now. The Cardinals had both of these guys in their system and traded them both away. You know, they gave Adolis away literally just for cash considerations, and they gave away Randy for Matthew Libertore. We saw how that worked out. So, two guys out here showing off their power, showing off how good they are. Cardinals sitting at the bottom of the central, like, mm, hey, we that's out. good for your Reds. That's good for your Reds. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. The final round was uh, Julio Rodriguez defe- defeated Pete Alonso. So, Rodriguez hit 41 home runs in the first round, his longest being 452, and Alonso only at 21. Uh, his longest being 457. So, Dom, I'll start with you on this one. What did you think of this matchup? Well, I think this is the matchup that I was most excited about um, with Pete, obviously, coming into this being the, the heavy favorite. Um, to, I, I don't think it was close. Uh, I think uh, Rodriguez has had an amazing round. Um, it was good to, to see him perform like that in front of his home crowd, but definitely surprising that um, Pete Alonso didn't make it farther in the home run derby. Yeah, he was he was definitely my pick. Jeff, what about you? Yeah, J-Rod hitting 41 of them, breaking the single-round record. I definitely did not see that coming, but crowd was electric and getting them into it. And, you know, after after that, I kind of knew it was like, yeah, Pete's done here. 
Well, yeah, I mean, when Julio went first in that round, so it, it just it seemed like there was such an uphill battle that there was no way that that uh, that he could you know surpass that. Um, but Julio's uh, pitcher um, was it Pena? Mm-hmm. Um, he was just pitching dimes. I mean, it was just it was those were perfectly placed balls every single time. So my caveat question before we move into the second round is obviously you can't have the same pitcher pitching uh, for, you know, for you, for, you know, for every, for every batter. So what can, I don't know, Major League Baseball do that would make it a little bit more cons- consistent uh, of, a, of, a, of a pitcher to get to be able to, because um, it definitely seemed like, you know, Pete's uh, and this is with Garcia, uh, their pitchers just were not pitching anything close to being able to hit. So what do you think baseball can do to kind of fix that? Or is it, this is just for fun and we shouldn't really care. First thing that comes to my head is a pitching machine. Yeah. And I've heard, I've heard the only issue like that the batters have with a pitching machine is, you know, they're so trained and so used to reading where the ball flies out of the hand to get their swing timed off. Right. That, that sometimes it doesn't match up, but even then, you guys are in the pros. Like, I'm sure you'd be all right <laughs> just about one. Yeah, that, that was definitely my question. Would would a pitching machine actually be more favorable to everybody and make it a little bit, I guess, more of a fair? But like I said, we're also doing this for fun, so you know, I don't know. All right, moving on to the second round. Uh, Randy Arozarena defeated Lewis Roberts Jr. Uh, he had Arozarena at 35 in that second round, his longest being 447 feet, and Roberts had uh, 22, with his longest being the longest of the night at 484 feet. So, Jeff, I'll start with you. What did you think of this uh, matchup? Yeah, it was a good matchup, and Randy definitely was kind of showing off there. But uh, another issue is, I guess, in that first round with Luis Robert, he actually injured his calf. And so he was kind of doing that round, you know, not 100%. And even right now, he's considered day-to-day. We're not sure if he'll be back by Friday. And he couldn't even play in the All-Star game last night because of it. So I don't know if that also had a factor because 35 is pretty impressive. But something to kind of think about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that sucks that the- – somebody's going to get injured and possibly, you know, miss some games in the regular season, just thing to have fun. Dom, what did you think of that matchup? I think the really only thing that I took away from this was just how impressive uh, Randy was. Um, I knew he was a good all around player, but I didn't really think that he had that much power to his swing. Um, so it was good to, to really see that from him. Okay. All right, moving on to the final uh, second round matchup was Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Julio Rodriguez. Vlad uh, won on that one with 21 homers, his longest being 4.53, and uh, Rodriguez had only 20, uh, so Guerrero beat him by one, and his longest being 4.26. So, Dom, I'll start with you on this one. What was your uh, take on that particular matchup? I feel like if Julio didn't use all of his energy at 41 home runs, maybe saved a little bit more for the later rounds, he could have had a better shot. I, I feel like he wasn't that far away. He definitely could have done it, but I think I feel like he just ran out of gas. Well, I mean, speaking of that, though, I mean, uh, you know, 41 obviously in the first round was a lot, but uh, he had 47 minutes in between 
his first and his second round. So, like to me, like forty-seven minutes should have been enough time to recoup to the point of being able to 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 pop a, a few more. But I don't know, Jeff. What did you think? Yeah, I think maybe maybe the issue was waiting too long. You know, he was he was obviously in a groove that kind of took him out of it. Uh, at the same time, you know, Vladdy was visibly also pretty exhausted, but he just has that power. So I think it probably could have been a little closer, but. All right. Well, moving in that final round, and uh, Vladimir Guerrero defeated Randy Rosarena with uh, 25 home runs, his longest being 445, and Rosarena only had 23, his longest in that round being 438. So, Jeff, I'll start with you on this one. What did you think of that final round home run derby and having Vladimir Guerrero being the only father-son uh, to ever win a home run derby? I think that's pretty cool. Go ahead. Yeah, this is a real, really cool moment to see him out there and getting the chain and everything, and then you see the pictures of him looking at his dad's when he was there as a kid. And, uh, it was nice to see. I definitely thought when Randy had his extra bonus time, I thought he was going to be able to get it. But, yeah, I mean, congrats to Vladdy. Other than when he took that kid out, I'm not sure if you saw one of his line tries to hit a kid in the face in the outfield. <laughs> no, I didn't. How bad was it? One of the oh, kids out on the field. Yeah, he had his glove up to catch a ball, and it went right past the right glove to the face. FBI. <laughs> oh, man. Moment of the home run derby. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tom, what did you think of that final round other than the black eye the kid got? <laughs> um, I thought it was great. I, I thought, you know, halfway through Randy's round, um, I was like, oh, this is not even going to be close. And then he just went on a, a roll there and got within striking distance and got that that added bonus but couldn't really do anything with it um but he definitely made it exciting i for a while there i thought he can come back and win it yeah because he only had what nine nine or ten mm-hmm. at the a minute and a half mark and so i, I definitely thought that you know there was and then like you said he went on a tear that last like 45 seconds of regular time and then that uh that last 30 seconds, I, I thought for sure he was going to do it. Uh, so I didn't want him to, obviously, like I told you guys before, I put a little money on Flatty uh, to, to win it. So uh, I was sweating a little bit, but I was really glad to see, uh, you know, Vlad, uh, Vlad pull it out and get the win. Yeah. Can I get you guys' opinion on on the Homer Derby real quick? Yeah. Do you guys think the, the presentation of it is not what it used to be? I feel like it's kind of rushed now that the new format's time-based instead of outs-based. Yeah, I, I, I feel like hmm. I think it's garbage. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I, I, time to savor the home runs. Yeah, that's what I line up. You know that split screen is just not matched up at all. Yeah, I kind of missed the ten out and. Yeah, it, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to see how far these home runs go, and I've already missed two pitches and two other home runs. Like, right. I, I, it's not enjoyable trying to move my eyes between the split screens to you know, try to comprehend what's going on. Mm-hmm. This, this is the first year of the time-based, right? Uh, no, it's been the last couple of years. Okay. Yeah, I think it was three years or so. Mm-hmm. Was, wasn't sure 100% when they, they switched that up. I, even though I watched last year, you know, I don't pay attention. It was more boring with the new format. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they need to... And especially with the All-Star game and, and with, with the home run derby, they need to be a little bit more um, 
uh, even the presentations, I think, are the awards don't seem to be as, you know, pomp and circumstances they used to either. So, mm-hmm. all right, moving on to the All Star Game itself. So uh, last night was the 93rd All Star Game, um, and it was won by the National League for the first time since 2012 with a nice uh, Elias Diaz uh, eighth inning two run homer. Um, so. And then a little synopsis, the scoring started early for both sides. Yandy Diaz kicked off the scoring with a solo home run off of Pirates starter Mitch Keller in the second inning uh, to give AL East the lead. However, two innings later, the National League tied the game uh, up on a RBI single by uh, Luis Arreyes, who saw two pitches all game and came away with two hits. thought that was super impressive. Um, and then after Bo Bichette's sacrifice fly in the top of the six, it appeared that the ML had stru- uh, struck right back with a tie to game with, uh, what is it, Lourdes Guriel Jr. launched a deep fly to um, left that was ruled a home run, but then they reviewed it and it came back. So I have another question, like, should should the reviews even happen in the All-Star game? But that's something that that's a question for you later. Um, but obviously the the officials reviewed the home run and it was taken away. So he ended up reaching on a swinging bunt. Um, that was also interesting. Um, he was stranded in scores in the top of the seventh before Diaz's game-winning home run uh, ending later. So basically I'll, I'll start with you on this, Jeff. What is your full-on take of the All-Star game this year? It was, you know, all the pomp and circumstance before it, you know, semi-entertaining. The actual game itself was all right. Um, I think that first inning was more entertaining than the rest of the game, honestly, just because he had all those crazy defensive plays with Adoles Garcia and Randy Rosarena back-to-back, and then in the bottom, he had the <laughs> thrown out at second on the steal attempt from uh, Sean Murphy. and It was, you know, it's fine. You know, taking away the home run on a review, I mean, come on, it doesn't matter. Like, let's just wreck the score up. <laughs> like, it's it's fine. I don't see a point in reviewing it. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was good. It was entertaining. But I don't know if everybody's best was actually on display here. What do you, what do you mean by that, though? I mean, you know, you've got these bigger guys coming out in the lineup, especially towards the end of the game, you know, the AL – kind of thought they were going to come back and win. You know, they've got guys in scoring position. You've got J-Ram or J-Rod first comes up. You know, he just gets a single. Ramirez comes up. Nothing happens. Doesn't score. Kind of win the game for the AL. So, just kind of stuff like that. Okay. Dom, what about you? So, uh, I actually didn't watch the game. I caught, like, Jose Ramirez's highlights at the end, um, what highlights he did have. Um, I'm not really a big fan of All-Star games, uh, for any sport, really. Uh, to me, they're not really entertaining. You could tell the guys aren't really giving 100% because why would they? Um, so, yeah, I didn't really watch the game at all. Yeah, um, I mean, I used to, like, All-Star games to me, it used to be, uh, it seemed like they used to be a lot more fun and a lot more joking around and jovial, and it wasn't as, as um it wasn't taken as seriously as I think I feel like it is now. Um, you know, and then the, obviously the runs used to be huge. There used to be a, you know, pretty, a lot of scoring uh, games. Uh, when do you think that that changed, where it changed from um, 
it being something that was kind of more of a celebration and turning into um, these low scoring kind of, I don't want to call it a boring uh, all-star game, but um, Jeff, what do you think? I think you could probably see some correlation between where the money starts shooting up for these players' contract. You know, it's not the way it used to be. And these guys are making all this money. Why risk doing their best or even like messing around having fun, trying to steal bases, what have you, when they could risk injury and miss the rest of the year? So I'm sure there's probably some correlation between the money and that. Okay. Um, Dom? I agree with that. I also think that there's no incentive anymore, at least before when, you know, whoever, whatever league won the all-star game, got home field advantage in the world series. If you're on a contending team, you know, and you got a shot at playing in the world series, you're kind of wanting home home field advantage in the world series. Um, so there's at least a little bit of an incentive, but I, I do think that money is probably the biggest factor. Because, I mean, if you're a pitcher, why risk getting an arm injury, getting shut down for the rest of the season, or or worse, you know, needing Tommy John surgery and missing, you know, the next year and a half? All right. When did – I wasn't 100% sure on this, um, but when did the home field advantage uh, incentive get taken away? Just a handful of years ago, right? Yeah. I forgot exactly what year it was. To me, that always made it – and. And to me, that might have been a little bit of where that incentive for them to play a little harder went away, and it just became, I don't know. Anything else to add to the All-Star game before we get on to the um, uh, notable first-time selections? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right. Well, obviously, we had, you know, Mr. Mike Trout with his 10th uh, straight All-Star selection. Um, he had a lot of three and four uh you know, time selected guys, but there was uh, definitely a uh, a lot more first round or first time selections than I'd seen in a while. Um, so, Dom, I'll start with you on this one. What was your your best first round uh, first time selection All Star uh, this year? Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna butcher his name, but Yenier Cano, the relief pitcher for the Orioles. Um, having an absolutely amazing season, had a great run of not giving up any earned runs. Um, been one of the best relievers in baseball this year. He's what a 29 year old. I think he, I think he's a rookie technically. Um, I think he even started off the year in AAA, and has been called up early in the season and has been absolutely dominant ever since. So I think it's a great story. All right, Jeff, what about you? Maybe a little too obvious here, but Alexis Diaz, best closer in baseball with the Cincinnati Reds. He's the Reds uh, representative. It's the first time going. Uh, you know, this is only his second year, but you look at the year, he's got 26 saves and 20 save, 27 save opportunities. I mean, that's just unreal. He's just – he's definitely showed that he's just as good as his brother. Obviously, his brother missing the year with injury, but he's he went out there. He's proved that he's been a lockdown closer for us, so glad to see him out there. Well, I'm going to go with yeah, Yandy Diaz, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. I think prior to 2023, Evan Longoria, Carl Crawford, and Corey Dickerson were the only Ray position players to ever start an All-Star game. Um, so, you know, he's he's been pretty uh, pretty phenomenal. He's helped the, the Rays uh, post to MLB's um, best record this season. Um, he's hitting, what is it, 322 and um, 407 on base percentage, uh, 12 home runs in 68 games. So... 
It's pretty spectacular. Glad to see uh, you know him get the nod, get get some recognition. So speaking of getting recognition, we're gonna move towards uh, not getting recognized. And so with a lot of uh, you know first time selections and and all that for the All Star Game, we're gonna go over who got snubbed. So Jeff, I'll start with you on this one. Who should have gotten to the All Star Game but didn't? Gotta give me Spencer Steer. I mean, this kid's just been absolutely electric with the Reds. I mean, obviously, with Ellie being up right now, he's kind of getting a little overlooked. But, I mean, this kid's rookie. He's got 14 homers on the year. He's already got over 50 ribbies. He's got nine stolen bags. He's batting over 270. He's got an OPS in the 800s. I mean, he's just an all-around guy. He's just a ball player. And... I would have definitely liked to see him get in there. You know, Whit Merrifield deserving. I think this guy is too. Okay. Dom, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, David Bednar, the closer for the Pirates. Um, I know they've kind of fallen back down to earth over the last couple of months, but he's still putting up a 144 ERA sub one whip. Um, he's also 16 saves and 17 opportunities. I mean, he's been absolutely lights out. Um, I feel like he, at least deserved a spot on the team. Okay. Greg, is this where we tell him he was a part of the All Star game? Well, I mean, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I googled, I, I googled snubs, and Google betrayed you. So <laughs> yeah, Google did betray me. So yeah, uh, for those of you listening, you know, a lot of these snubs things came out uh, before the reserve selections were made, so. That doesn't count. Us. If you don't make the if you don't make the, the first round of official voting, you're not in. Well, I mean, like I said before, if if, if they they're you know packing in their suitcase uh, on the way home an All Star game jersey, I think they kind of made it. But um, <laughs> somebody who didn't pack a uh, jersey um, for me was uh, Rafael Devers. Going to be a little bit of a homer. Uh, you know, for the Red Sox, he you know ranks in the top three uh, AL with 20 home runs. He's got 66 RBIs, um, 38 extra base hits. Um, from a purely like vibes perspective, Devers is the kind of guy whose rep should practically ensure him to the All Star game. He's just, I mean, big huge contract, and and you know he's definitely you know the leader on that team, and and to get. Kenley Jansen, the only Red Sox to be picked um, for the Oscar game, was kind of a, a little bit of a snub. So, but yeah, uh, for sure. You know, it's definitely a popularity contest, and I think sometimes, uh, you know, fan bases get uh, when the teams aren't doing necessarily great, the fan bases don't necessarily get behind them and start getting in the voting. So, uh, who knows? All right, moving away from the All-Star game, we're going to talk about the trade deadline being August 1st, some 20 days away. So we're going to go over most likely be traded and should be traded but won't be. So, Jeff, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, I'm going to go over both of them, who uh, most likely be traded and then who should be traded. Uh, So go ahead. I think most likely to be traded. Um, I think the Co- the Cubs might be getting rid of Cody Bellinger. I mean, he's obviously been playing like much better than anticipated, but this division's kind of going into shape here, and I think they're just going to try to get something from this guy. He's only on a one-year deal. And some team can use him as a rental, and I think they'd possibly pay a good price for how well he's been playing. Okay. What about you should be traded but won't be? 
I think possibly out of Detroit, um, you know, Detroit's all-star, actually, former Red, Michael Lorenzen. Uh, I think he'd be a great value starter anywhere, uh, obviously. Well, maybe the homer again, but the Reds are kind of in need of a starter with Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo gone, and, you know, that could be a value pick there, but I'm not sure if they're going to get rid of him. Okay. Dom, what do you got? Who should be traded? Who's going to be traded? Or who should be but won't be? Um, most likely to be traded. I mean, I think any one of the White Sox stars, uh, Tim Anderson, Dylan Cease, you know, pick whoever you want off that roster. Uh, they're going nowhere. Um, I feel like with the star power that they can get rid of, they can reload easily in a division that's pretty weak. Um who should be traded but wouldn't be. I'm going to go with Shane Bieber of the, the Guardians. Um, I feel like he's kind of on the downside of his career. Uh, velocity's down, spin rate's way down. Um, I feel like we have enough starting pitching depth coming up through the minor leagues where we can get rid of him, um, maybe get some pieces for the outfield. But I don't, I don't think as long as we're in contention and fighting for first place, I, I don't think that the Guardians are going to trade Bieber. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with uh, Yasmani Grandal of the White Sox catcher. Um, I think that there's a lot of uh, teams. He's, you know, he's a 33, I think he's a 34-year-old um, catcher, um, so he's got more than a decade of service time. Not hitting the ball quite as hard as he used to be, but – um, there are a lot of teams that uh, could use a veteran presence behind the plate. Um, kind of had him going to somewhere like the Marlins, Astros, or Guardians uh, as a possible landing spot. Uh, somebody that should be traded but won't be for me. Uh, Going to be a little homer with this in, a, I guess, a opposite way. I don't know how that works for 100%. But to me, Adam Duvall uh, of the Red Sox, um, I think that they he's not really done uh, – enough for the team um the injury obviously um hurt him a little bit and sent him back i think like two months worth of action um so but he's he's got enough of a of a bright spots in, in the early part of the year I and mean, i think he was the best hitter on the team from first april through may um so uh, but i just don't think that the red sox are going to get rid of him i think that they they kind of what they do with guys they don't get rid of them necessarily right away they, they hang on to him for a couple years and see what could happen so I don't know that, that's my pick for that anything else to add I was going to say speaking of your Red Sox I seen a uh, report from uh, Chris Cotillo I think is his name uh, saying that the Red Sox are just going to plain straight DFA Kike Hernandez possibly for the deadline really? yep I mean, he has not been playing at all. Yeah, I mean, what's his trade value? Right. I mean, yeah, that sucks because he he was, was, you know, been really good for them, especially that run in in, 2021. So, I don't know. He's he's good for the team as far as, uh, you know, he's a good clubhouse guy, so that that sucks that they're going to be. Yep. All right, so obviously that midway – Part of the season, there are a lot of teams that uh, could possibly turn around uh, and you know make a playoff run. If you you know to think back on it, the 
2021 Atlanta Braves entered the All-Star break under 500 and uh, didn't really turn things around till an 18-win August. Uh, so Atlanta played, I believe, 6-11, the second half percentage. And uh, closest that was better than that was the 19 Nats that played um, 630 uh, the second half of the season. So um, what are teams to you guys that can turn things around and possibly make this playoff push and, and could win it? Dom, I'll start with you on this. Um, really, I mean, I don't think any team can. Um, looking at, at the standings here, um, you know, usually I'd say the Mets just with the star power that they have, but being 18 and a half games back in the division, um, maybe you can make a case for them to contend for the wild card, but I don't, I don't see that happening. I think they're too far back. Um, the Padres again, they're only eight and a half back in the division, but I don't see them catching up to the Diamondbacks or the Dodgers. The only team that I could see really turning things around. I know I just mentioned them as, as a team that should go on a fire sale, but if the White Sox stars can, can really figure out how to play, I, I think they have the ability to, to play at a high level. We've seen them do it in years past. I think if they figure it out, I mean, the AL Central is really not that strong of a division. If anyone can turn the season around, I think they have the best opportunity to. You know, my thing with the White Sox is is they're – they're very aggressive at the plate. They don't have a lot of patience, um, and I don't know, you know, if a, you know, switching up, switching up a hitting coach, you know, would do anything. Um, but they've got the tools and they've got the, the the firepower to really do well. It's just a matter of they their discipline at the plate is just they're way too aggressive, and I think that you know that can be good for some teams, but. They don't have enough plate discipline to to really get them to you know make contact and 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 do good. So, I don't know. Jeff, what about you? Yeah, my team to turn it around. I think uh, best chance probably the Mariners. Uh, I think they can kind of hopefully follow the same formula they had last year. Uh, last year at the All Star break, there were ten games under five hundred, and obviously we saw the wild card run that they made, but. I mean, right now, this team's the second-highest strikeout team in baseball. They're 16th in homers, and I feel like this team's kind of designed to hit homers, so I think they can kind of work on that. Uh, their pitching staff's been beyond expectation. Uh, by FOR, they're actually the best pitching staff, and they're top 10 in ERA. Bullpen's good. They just need the offensive production. Uh, I think Julio, I think he just needs to find, his, find himself again. I think hopefully the home run derby – here in that hometown, cheering him on as he's hitting 41 dingers. Hopefully that can kind of spark him. But, you know, in June, he actually had a 60% ground ball rate. And he's in the 90th percentile in exit velo and hard hit percentage. But he's hitting all these ground balls. So he's got to find a way to overcome that. Hopefully the derby might motivate him. Uh, Gino, you know, former Red, obviously, he's he kind of needs to find a power surge. I mean, last year, you know, he's the home run guy, and I, I don't think he's crossed 10 yet this year. So I think if this team can kind of find their offensive production and let their pitching staff do what they've been doing, I think they can catch the Astros by surprise. Astros, you know, they're, they've got that struggling starting rotation, and I don't think they're going to catch up to the Rangers, but I think they could take the Astros by surprise. 
yeah, Astros have definitely been a little bit of a, I don't want to say a disappointment for, for me because I don't you know cheer for them, but um, <laughs> they, they, uh, they, they had a lot going for them. And, and, you know, obviously last year winning the world series and then uh, this year it's kind of just been, you know, falling flat on their face. So um, I know Tom kind of poo-pooed my pick, uh, Dom, sorry, poo-pooed <laughs> my pick. Um earlier in his uh, little, you know, multi-team rant. Um, but I'm going to go with the Padres. Uh, I, I think that they just, it's there. And, and I know that they were my pick, um, you know, for the, the, the World Series earlier in the year. And they still have a 54.6% chance of making the playoffs. So, you know, it's possible. Um, you know, the Padres, you've got Manny Machado. You've you've got uh, Fernando Tatis. You've got um, – you know, just a multitude of of other guys, and, and like you said, it was an eight and a half games back behind the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. Um, you know, the pitching with Snell, uh, you know Musgrove, uh, they've got you know on paper that team should be doing phenomenal. Their their problem, I think, is is win streaks. I think the the longest streak that they've had this season so far has only been three games. Jeez. So, um, you know, obviously the injuries have, have gotten a little bit to do with it, but, you know, like I said, you know, Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Xander Bogarts, um, you know, Fernando, Tatis, it just seems like if they just get on a little bit of a hot streak and, you know, win, you know, 10, 11 games in a row, I, th- I think that they can really make up some ground. And I really think that, you know, it's a possibility that they could surprise some people. If not this year, then definitely maybe in the years to come um, that I think that, you know, you'll be looking at a championship caliber team for them. So that's what I got. Anything else on uh, on that, guys? Did you see what uh, Jeter said during the All-Star broadcast about if the Padres don't turn it around before the deadline? No. What did he say? He said if they don't, the Yankees must go out and get Juan Soto. Well, the, that I, I saw that in the um, kind of the mob.com uh, emails I get that that it's they are actively pursuing him. So I bet you'd love it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's another team this year. I mean, it's it's crazy, and we will all you know talk about this. Um, you know, when I do the standings rundown, but you know how how poor the how kind of poor the Yankees are doing. And, and I think adding that, I don't know. I don't necessarily would do anything, but all right. Uh, standings run down. So this is the uh, American league East. So uh, uh, the American league East, every team in the American league East is doing better than in the entirety of the American league central to start on this off. So uh, but we'll get into that. So the uh, American League East, Tampa Bay Rays, 58 and 35. Um, Baltimore Orioles, 54 and 35. Toronto, 50, 41. New York, 49, 42. Red Sox, 48, 43. You get the American League Central, uh, Guardians, 45 and 45. Twins, 45, 46. Detroit, 39, 50. Uh, White Sox 38-54, Kansas City 26-65, American League West, Texas at 52-39, Astros at 15-41, Seattle 45-44, and 
Angels at 45 and 46 and Oakland at 25 and 67. Moving on to the National League, you've got the uh, East at uh, Atlanta, 60 and 29, Miami, 53 and 39, Philly, 48 and 41. You've got the Mets at 42 and 48, uh, Washington at 36 and 54. In the Central, you've got Cincinnati at 50 and 41. Uh, you got Milwaukee at 49 and 42. Cubs, 42, 47. Pittsburgh, 41, 49. St. Louis, 38, 52. Uh, National League West has got the Dodgers at 51 and 38. And you've got Arizona at 52 and 39. So they're tied technically, uh, even though that the percentage um, has got – Dodgers just but two percentage points higher. Uh, San Francisco at 49 41. You've got the Padres at 43 and 47, and then the Rockies at 34 and 57. So, what's your take on the standings and what is your highlights maybe from uh, this first half of the season? Jeff, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think uh, biggest surprise, obviously, four nine games over. 500 at the all-star break it is still insane to me to think that i mean ellie deer mclean these guys have just lit this team on fire and you know we've got some rookie starters as well that are just lights out so i'm just super impressed super happy obviously some of the highlights are just what ellie's been doing this last month of baseball you know i'm sure you guys saw him stealing home when he started on first base (laughs) Uh, just just crazy stuff. Um, another surprise, like you said, the Dodgers are technically now in the top in the West. This was kind of their year to take a step back. Not happening. Okay. The Central for the AL, your top team, the Guardians, are at 500. That's crazy. <laughs> like you said, Doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, let's see. All right, Dom, what do you, what do you got? Um, I mean, I'm still just impressed with, with the Reds. I think they're the story of the, the season so far. But just looking at the standings, like there's teams at the top of the NL that I would have never even expected to be in playoff contention in the Marlins and the Diamondbacks. Um, I'm very surprised and impressed with their season so far. Um, I thought maybe they were just off to hot starts and would fall back down to earth, but to their credit, they have kept it going. And, I mean, with, with these teams, they, they have a lot of young talent. And I think they might be here to stay if, you know, they stay healthy, knock on wood. Um, just very, very impressed with, with those teams. Did not expect them to be remotely good this year. Okay. Well, my, Texas is what's uh, worrying me. I think they started out so hot, and obviously they're still, uh, you know, heading to American League West, but they lost three of seven out of their last ten, um, and they lost to the likes of, of um, which is a Washington, who's playing like, you know, sub-400 baseball, um, and it just seems like they're, they're starting to lose a little bit of their steam. So I, I'm not sure hundred percent. You might see Houston overtake them in the next uh, you know, few weeks um, when it comes to the AOS. So I don't know, a lot of exciting baseball. Uh, we got another, you know, whole half season. So we'll see what happens. We'll talk a lot about baseball. All right. The final uh, 
aspect of the night is that one fact about baseball. So we're going to try to, you know, stub each other and then gives each other some facts that you didn't know before. So Jeff, I'm going to start with you on this one. What is your one about baseball? All right. So I figured I kind of go with the theming here and talk about the all-star game. Uh, so like you just talked about the Rangers, you know, they had five all-star starters and that's not even including Evaldi and pitching staff. It's the uh, first time in 47 years the team has had five all-star game starters. But do you guys know the last time the Rangers even had a single all-star starter? I mean, it seems like this is such a loaded question. It seems like it would be a long time ago, maybe even like more than 20 years ago. Uh, I'm going to say more than 20 years ago. All right. Dom, you got to guess? 10 years ago? Pretty close, almost right on. About 2012. You guys know who it was? Might be kind of obvious. Uh, Hamilton? Right? Yeah. Hamilton. No. Nope. The Adrian Bell. Okay. All right. Well, then he did. He did play for the Rangers. So that, but that's that's the last time. That that's 10 years ago. Damn. Yep. Wow. All right, Dom. What do you got? All right. Got one for you guys. Um, what team has the worst overall record in all of you know baseball history? Bonus question is, what was their team ERA? Oh, uh, I mean, this has to go back. You, like, so we're it's, talking... it's a long time ago. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you that. Um, I'm going to go with the Yankees. Uh, an ERA of seven. Kind of close on the ERA there. Okay. I mean, if I think of a team with a long history of not being in the World Series, I think of Cleveland. So <laughs> I guess I'll go with Cleveland, and if seven's close, I'll go with eight. Okay, well, you got the city right. It was before they were the Indians and then the Guardians. The Cleveland Spiders in 1899 have the record for the worst overall season record. Uh, they finished with a grand total of – hold on, I lost my, my place here on the page um, – 20 wins and 134 losses. So um, off to a good start there. Their team ERA was 637. Um, their best pitcher finished with 4-30 and 30 as his uh, win-loss record. Oof. So – um, yeah, we, we have a, a history of losing in this city. Yeah. All right. So mine is, uh, what is the rarest thing to ever happen in baseball? Perfect game. Good triple play. Nope. Dom, what was yours? No, perfect game. No. So perfect games happened, uh, 24 <laughs> times in major league baseball. But the rarest thing to uh, ever happen into baseball has only happened once. Happened on April 23rd, 1999. Somebody's uh, current player's father was uh, responsible for this uh, particular stat. It's the rarest thing in baseball. Rarest thing. So Vladimir Guerrero Sr. Multiple slams in one inning? That's right. The Tatis' father? Yep, Fernando Tatis Sr. Hit two Grand Slams in the same inning 
off the same pitcher, Chan Ho Park of the Los Angeles Dodgers, um, found himself on the wrong end of Major League Baseball history on April 23, 1999, when uh, St. Louis Cardinals third baseman Fernando Tatis slugged two grand slams in the same inning. And I knew I had that back there somewhere. Yeah, that is the <laughs> rarest thing to ever happen in baseball. Everything else has happened at least twice. Uh, I got the full list that I maybe I'll put up on the uh, the Facebook website and everything. But um, that's the rarest thing. I thought that was pretty crazy. Hmm. I've been holding on to that one for a little bit now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. You, you know, I, I think I was scrolling through um, reels one day and I saw that like a, a, a you know flashback to when he did that and i just watched it didn't really think anything of it and yep. yeah that's incredible yeah there, there have been people that have had multiple grand slams in a game um but not uh, in the same inning so all right guys well that does it anything else to add before we sign off i do have a bonus question uh who is leading our fantasy league? Uh, hmm. yeah, I, I might have skipped <laughs> over that particular topic because uh, I'm being so dreadful in it and uh, didn't didn't want to talk about how poorly I've been playing. Greg, I hope you know that you have multiple players on your team that are in your lineup that are on the eye. Yes, I, I don't <laughs> have any time to actually look at, at that, and I forget, and when I do, it just doesn't matter anymore. So do what I do every morning while I'm sitting on the toilet. Set your line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we didn't put money, actually, on this particular season because yeah. I, I would have been regretting uh, spending that money. So, uh. <laughs> But, no, Jeff, your team is on absolute fire right now, and my team is – Kind of uh, not doing so hot. So, so Damn. Dom, my team is is open to to trades and and everything. <laughs> so, if you want anybody, just just uh, send me a message. All right, guys. Well, that does it for this episode of On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. Make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts: Apple Music, Spotify, and make sure you hit us up on our socials, uh, Instagram, um, Facebook. Anybody doing threads yet? Mm. No, that's the new thing. That's the new thing that's going to beat out Twitter. And again, it has something like 30 million users in the first day or something like that. So that's pretty crazy. So not fucking threads, but uh, anything to take down Twitter is, is good in my book. So <laughs> Baseball is America's pastime. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of On Deck as much as we have. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at deep.dive.sports. Or download us through Amazon, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. As always, we are on deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.